up to Luke chapter 2, verse 7. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Luke chapter 2, verse 7. Let's start with that one. It says, And she, Mary, brought forth her firstborn son, Jesus, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. <laughs> now turn to John 1. Hallelujah. John chapter 1. Now I want to look at verses 43 through 46. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses, uh, of whom Moses in the law and also of the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Now I know that what you guys are thinking right now. You guys are wondering, why would Pastor James be wearing this to a Christmas service? Why in the world is he wearing jeans with holes in them to a Christmas service? Come on, how many, how many of you have been thinking that when, right when I started going? I know. There you go. I know it. Some, some of you may be stumbling over this. And in fact, some from this point on might not hear a word I'm going to say because they're stumbling over what I'm wearing. Because this is totally contradictory from your expectation to what a pastor should wear to a Christmas service. Is it not? Come on. Let me ask you this. Who set the standard or tradition that a pastor needs to wear a suit to Christmas service? I'm challenging you today. Which leads me to my next question. How much of our expectations are shaped by culture and tradition and not from the Word of God or something that's birthed out of a relationship with Jesus Christ? Are we so concerned about the outward appearance that we're spiritually blinded? Follow me now. See, just because I'm, I put this on and, and I'm at the pulpit preaching with, je- with holes in my jeans and, and something you wouldn't expect doesn't change the fact, doesn't change my calling at all, does it? No. it? It doesn't even take away from my giftings, does it, at the pulpit? Not one bit. Just because I'm wearing this does not change God's love for me and how he sees me through his son, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Are you catching on to what I'm trying to say already? Amen? The question is this. Can we look beyond the outward appearance and hear what God is speaking? You see, this will measure one aspect of our spiritual maturity as a Christian. And I want to challenge all of us today. See, there's a lot of profiling that takes place in the body of Christ. Some say, well, I don't want to share the gospel to him or her because... I don't like the way they look. 
I, I, I don't even want to go over there and talk to them because I, I'm just not comfortable with them, how they look. But let me ask you this. How are we going to react when the drug dealers, the prostitutes, and the homeless come in to our cozy little surrounding here? This is a word from the Holy Ghost. Are we going to run them off or are we going to lovingly introduce them to the Lord Jesus Christ? In fact, if you are offended over the fact that I'm wearing this, jeans with holes in them, to a Christmas service, then I would even step out to say that if you lived during the time of Jesus, you would have been someone who rejected Jesus Christ himself. And this is one of the reasons why I threw this on and, and I wanted, I've been waiting to do this sermon for a long time. <laughs> and, it, and it just fit with Christmas because Jesus came and, 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 and the expectations of most people were shattered. Are you hearing me? They had the wrong perceptions and expectations for the King of kings and Lord of lords. And because of the wrong expectations, the wrong perceptions, they missed God's visitation to earth. I mean, surely the Son of God, God in the flesh, surely his blankets would, would have been the finest of linens. Surely he would be laid in the finest gold-plated crib of that time. I mean, he wouldn't be in a feeding trough. That's what a manger is, you know. A, a manger is just a feeding trough for animals. I mean, surely the Son of God would be too high class to be raised in Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathaniel said. Surely the Son of God would come into Jerusalem riding on a gold-plated chariot. Not a donkey. See, you will believe what you perceive. You will believe what you perceive. If your perceptions are wrong, your beliefs will be wrong all through life. Are you hearing me? And that's called deception. That's called ignorance. So I want to give you a caution today. A gift may come in a package that you don't expect. It may come in a package that you don't expect. By the way, did I tell you the title of this message is Unexpected Packages? What, ha what happens? What happens when, when God brings your blessing and provision in a package that totally contradicts your expectations? What are you going to do? I mean... Let's look at Mary's life. Let, let's just start looking at a couple of these things. She was a young girl, and she was chosen to carry the Son of God in her womb, was she not? Yet, she was rejected by many because the process didn't make sense to the people. Even Joseph was ready to put her away until God sent an angel to tell him what's going on. Right? What's the lesson to learn with Mary's life? Some things may be birthed in your life that won't fit your expectations. But the question is, will you, will I, see God's hand in it? Will you receive what he's trying to do? 
Now, how about John the Baptist? He looked, at, he looked as crazy and weird because he proclaimed the word of God passionately by crying out in the wilderness, and he wore camel's hair, and he ate honey and locusts? Come on, what a freak in the natural, right? Almost as freakish as I am. Are you hearing me? Yet, John the Baptist was chosen by God himself to prepare the way for the Messiah. Sometimes God's messengers and messages will come in a way that you don't expect. And a lot of times that you may not like. Are you hearing me? I mean, how about the prophets? Jeremiah, Ezekiel, all the prophets in the word of God. They were despised and rejected for the most part because they were radical. Were they not? They were radical. Be careful not to reject God's messengers that he sends into your life. Because it may be someone that you're not expecting to receive from. Are you hearing me? I mean, what if, what if that minister that you don't care for at all, you don't care for his preaching style, you don't care for the way he looks, he's too fat, he's too skinny, he's too whatever. What if, what if that is the very person God sends into your life who holds the key to you being set free? Just what if? Humor me. Think about it. What if? Think about a minister or someone you don't care for at all. What if that minister holds the very key, that revelation you need to blast you out of this planet? Are you hearing me? So you reject that person and at the same time you're hindering yourself spiritually. Be careful with the perceptions and expectations that you set in your life. And I truly believe that if a person has a, has a hang-up with someone, if, if someone has a hang-up with someone, a, a preaching style or whatever, or a person, how someone looks, I truly believe God will send someone like that to test us. He will send that individual into your life, my life, with the very message that we need to hear. Are you hearing me? This is from the Holy Ghost today. I know it. I know it. God may send an angel in a form that you may first reject. That smelly homeless person you walk past with your nose in the air may have been an angel of God that God sent to test us, to test you. I mean, after all, Hebrews 13.2 says... Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing, some have unwittingly or unknowingly entertained angels. I remember when I was growing up, the church I grew up in over on the east side of the state, I was in high school, and during one Sunday morning service, you know, it was just kind of your proper service, you know, everything was going as planned, and in the middle of service, a homeless guy walks in with a beard down to here, just just with, with the, the grungiest clothes on. He walked in to the service. He walked down the aisle, and he came and he sat right in the front row. Right in the front row. Everyone, 
Everyone was looking around. You should have seen it. I mean, as he's walking in, people are just, you know, you know, looking at their, their cliques that they hang out with and just kind of, what's this, you know? What's this, you know? And, and they're all looking around. They're shocked because that guy just messed up their cozy surrounding. He just broke through their expectation of what church should be. He took them out of their comfort zone. After all, you don't come into this church without wearing a suit. Are you hearing me? And during the service, the pastor asked a rhetorical question. You know what a rhetorical question is? It's a question like when a pastor, I'm up here preaching and I ask a question. Well, I'm not expecting a response back. I'm just asking the question just as in the message. Well, the pastor asked a question like that. I can't remember what it was. He asked a rhetorical question, and all of a sudden this guy, this homeless guy in the front row, piped up and gave the answer real loud. He, he just yelled it out, and this, this kind of startled the pastor, and then everyone else, you know, they looked back to their cliques, you know, oh, what's going on here? What's going on here? You know what, guys? I truly believe, I, I felt it when it happened, and I stick to it. I truly believe God sent an angel into that church to test the people's hearts. I, I te- I'm telling you, I know that I know. We never seen the guy again. I mean, and this was a small town, I mean, where I grew up in. You, everyone knows everybody. I truly believe God sent an angel disguised as a homeless man to test the people's hearts. See, we have mastered as humans to set our own expectations. And we limit, we shut out the blessings and divine appointments in our life that God wants to send our way. Are you hearing me? See, when God begins to move in this church, in this area, will we recognize it? When God is trying to speak to you, will you hear his voice within the voice? Even though it might be a person that God sends that you don't like. You don't like their style. Will you hear his voice within their voice? Will you come out of your comfort zones? Will you look beyond the outward appearance? Will you look beyond the outward appearance? And this is a requirement for all of us. And I'm telling you, I know prophetically, especially in this season that we're moving into. Prophetically, spiritually. Go to 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3. Hallelujah. Jesus came, the Son of God came, and people missed the visitation because they didn't meet their expectations. The Son of God. God in the flesh. 1 Corinthians 3, 18 through 20. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. The wisdom of the world is foolishness with with God. The expectations that we form from this world system and from society, even, come on, 
even within the church world that has nothing to do with God's heartbeat. It's foolishness with God. It's foolishness with him. Let's talk about a couple accounts here where God met the people's expectations, even though they were not in his perfect will. Just real briefly, how about Israel? They cried out to God in 1 Samuel for God to give them a king. God says, no, I want to be your king. They said, no, 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 we need a man. We want a human to, to be over us. So God said, fine. He gave them a king. Who, who did he give them? Saul. King Saul. He re, and Saul eventually rebelled from God, and it brought great destruction among the people. Why? Because the people's expectations were not in line with God's expectations. Are you hearing me? See, the expectation of the majority is not always in line with God's expectations. Have you figured that out yet? When Moses went up to the mountain to get the Ten Commandments from God, the children of Israel decided, they voted, and they decided to build an idol to worship other than worshiping the true God. Again, the majority is not always right. Many times we set up, set up expectations that are not God's expectations, and we end up worshiping our own expectations and traditions. Don't we? Come on, we've all been guilty of this. See, Samuel, the prophet, seemed to have a problem with looking beyond the outward appearance when he was sent to Jesse's house to anoint one of his sons to be king. Samuel, the prophet, the man of God. Yet he fell into the trap of looking at the outward appearance. Go to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 16, verses 6 and 7. Look at this. So it was when they came that he looked at Eliab. So, so Samuel tells Jesse, get, go get your sons, line them up. So, so Samuel looks at the first one. Eliab and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Oh, really? But the Lord, verse 7, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature. I'd be in big trouble if you looked at my physical stature, all right? What, four foot three? No, just joking. Because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. Catch it. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. My goodness. See, it was David. It was the youngest son. In fact, he was, the, Jesse, the father, wasn't even going to bring out the youngest one. He wasn't even going to bring him out. Because he said, nah, it can't be him. Too young, short, nah. Ruddy looking. Ah, he just don't look like a king. But, God, but, nah, uh He brought him out, and he was God's chosen king. Are you hearing me? See, what you see is not always what you get in the kingdom of God. 
What you see is not always what you get. See, like with Matthew. Right now, I see a little baby, and, it, and it's like, what's he ever going to be able to do, you know, for God? No, but God looks at the, God sees ahead. God sees the potential. God sees the potential in every one of you. Are you hearing me? It, it's flesh. It's, it's carnal. When we, when we look at our own selves and who are we? Oh, I hate myself. I can't do anything. I can't do anything. That's flesh. That's carnal. Are you hearing me? We need to see how God sees. We need our spiritual eyes and ears to be opened. Amen? So what you see is not always what you get in the kingdom of God. Many forsook Jesus because he didn't fit their mold of what the Son of God should be like. Yet he was God's gift sent to this earth for mankind. I mean, does that, does that not boggle some minds? God in the flesh. And he came so humbly. So humbly. Amen? So don't be quick to judge the outward appearance. And like I said, you will believe what you perceive. If your per perceptions or expectations are wrong for something, everything else is going to be wrong. You're believing. Your belief, belief system is going to be wrong your whole life. And that's why we need to renew our mind. Romans chapter 12. We need to renew our mind with the word of God. Amen? All right. Now, if you're in this place, I talked about some of the aspects from the believer's standpoint in how, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. If you are here and you're an unbeliever, you're not a Christian at all, you never made Jesus Lord of your life, you may perceive yourself to be a good person and have no need of Jesus Christ. That again, your perception is wrong. Wrong perception is called deception and ignorance, a lack of knowledge. The problem is that you are comparing yourself with other people. I mean, come on. Any of us in here, if you compared yourselves with Charles Manson or someone like that, we'd look like angels. Are you hearing me? But when you look how God sees us, you as the unbeliever, us before we come to Christ, and Charles Man Manson sitting in that prison right now, you don't look any different because you still have the stain of sin on your life. Are you hearing me? You have set your own standards rather than accepting God's standards. The Bible says that anyone that does that, anyone who sets their own standards and doesn't take God's standards from his word is a fool. They're not wise. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of them, every one of us, have fallen short of God's expectation because of the stain of sin. See, I, Christians, I, I love this, Christians aren't perfect, but we're forgiven. We're not perfect, don't, so don't, don't judge Jesus by how we act. Are you hearing me? Get into the Word. Because any you, you put your trust and hope in man, it's always going to fail. Guarantee you. I guarantee you that. Only faith in the Lord Jesus Christ can make you righteous and reserve a place for you in heaven for eternity. 
Only faith in the, in the Lord Jesus Christ can keep you out of hell and out of the lake of fire for eternity. You may have the perception that God is angry and he hates you and he's just waiting to strike you dead as an unbeliever. Again, that could not be further from the truth. That could not be further from the truth. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He so loved the world. I want you to keep this in mind, that God the Father sent Jesus, his Son, while we were sinners. There's nothing that mankind did at all that would prompt God where God said, okay, good, they, they, they did something good. Now, Jesus, go ahead, go down there now. now. Now they've earned it. Go ahead, go down there, live 30 years, heal the sick, cast out devils, show them how to, how to live, and, and go die on the cross. They've earned it. No, that's not it at all. While, we were, while mankind was cursing God, while we were rejecting him, he sent Jesus because that's what we need. Are you hearing me? We didn't earn it. It's a free gift. So God has made the provision for every person on the face of this earth. He's now waiting for you to respond to his love and provision. The provision's there. I find it extremely troubling and frankly, if, this doesn't, if you don't find this troubling as a Christian, I question your salvation. That people who have lived 70, 80, 90 years, the provision of Jesus Christ, salvation, was there the whole time. But they're in hell right now because they never tapped in and received the gift of God through Jesus Christ. Does that not trouble anyone in here? See, so... God is waiting on you. He's not waiting to strike you, the unbeliever, dead. He loves you. In fact, the reason your heart's still beating and you're breathing right now is because of his grace giving you time to do this thing. Why wait? You could walk out of here. You could drop dead. Are you hearing me? You could drop dead, car accident, whatever. Something could take your life. Why play Russian roulette with your life, eternal life? You're gonna, humans are going to live somewhere for eternity. All humans live for eternity. Are you hearing me? But it, the question is where? Heaven or the lake of fire? Hell. Hell is going to be thrown into the lake of fire for eternity, the word of God says. Where do you want to spend eternity? Now, the wise men, when Jesus was born, the wise men sought him. They brought gifts to Jesus when he was born into this earth. But I asked the question. When I read that the other day, I said, Lord, I said, they brought you gifts when you were born and, and all this stuff. What, what do we give you? What do we give the King of kings and Lord of lords who shed his blood, who took such a horrible punishment? What gift do we bring to him? And the Holy Spirit spoke this. So clearly and softly in my heart. Yourself. Give yourself. Christians, we need to give everything that we have to him. So he can live in and through us to minister to others and bring as many to Christ. 
Unbelievers, he wants you. He wants, he wants to save you from eternal hell and damnation. And he wants to use you. Your life has purpose. You're not a meaningless existence. Are you hearing me? So Christians, will you look beyond the outward and beyond your fleshly desires, beyond your fleshly expectations, and move with the Holy Spirit to bring glory to Jesus Christ? And those of you that have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, will you respond to his love and provision for you today? The Word of God says today is the day of salvation. Because that knock on your heart that you're feeling right now, you reject him too much, that knock might not be there. Are you going to open the door of your heart today let's stand in this place hallelujah oh father thank you for your son jesus thank you jesus for being obedient even unto the death of the cross now if that's you someone who has never made jesus lord of your life don't play games anymore. Drop the pride, drop the resistance, and come to this altar. I want to pray with you today to make him Lord of your life so you know that you know, number one, you're going to go to heaven. But you know what? That's not the only thing. There's a greater thing. He has purpose for your life. That purpose is only found through Jesus Christ. You need to come down right now. He wasn't ashamed to hang on a cross like that for you. You ought not to be ashamed to come down and let me pray with you to make him Lord of your life. Number two, if you're in here, you're a believer. Maybe you're one of those that your expectations have been all off. And today was just a slap in the face. It was a spiritual slap in the face. And you got the point that the Holy Ghost was trying to make. If that's you, I want you to come down. If you want to rededicate your life, I want you to come to this altar and I want to pray with you. Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism to be a powerful witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a second experience. The Bible's very clear on that. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, I want you to come to this altar. Maybe you need a physical healing, emotional healing, some kind of a healing. Maybe you need a miracle in your life. Maybe you need some, you just need me to come in agreement with you for prayer. I want to do that. I want to open this altar up right now. Those, those things, I want, I want you to come. Come. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Today is your day, and there's someone in here who's feeling, someone who's feeling that knock. Someone, 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 someone's feeling that. Jesus knocking on your heart. You need to obey that and come and open the door to your heart. Come. The rest of you worship the Lord. The rest of you, if you want to come to the altar and worship the Lord, go ahead. Chris, turn the music up. Hallelujah.
need to know God has a plan and a purpose for your life that is awesome and wonderful. Crank that song and just worship the Lord as they play. deeper into my presence. Seek me more and it's going to become illuminated in a greater way. Your, your purpose, God's plan for your life. You need to seek Him. Seek Him like precious silver, like precious gold. He's saying go deeper. Go deeper. With your whole heart. Seek me with your whole heart. Then you will find me as the Word of God says. With your whole heart. Every part of you. Let it long to seek the Lord. Hallelujah. You are worthy. You are worthy. Yes, you are. 
Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So, did anyone get the point I was trying to make today? Because if you don't, there's tutoring after service. <laughs> All right, Elizabeth and I were heading out to the west side of the, or the east side of the state. So if you have anything, just leave a message. I'll check messages. We might not be back till Thursday or Friday. So uh, be blessed. Have a Merry Christmas, and we'll miss you guys. See ya.